Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the On The Way There podcast, which is a program for people who enjoy learning together and celebrating each other's growth. This is your host, Amina, and next on our program, we have Hiba Ismail, who is currently the Assistant Director of Curriculum and Instructional Design at Fairfax University of America, known as FXUA for short. So welcome, Hiba, to the program. How are you doing today? Hi, Amina. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. I'm honored to be a part of this. Oh, we're so honored to have you be a part of this podcast, and I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the questions we have for you. Okay, sounds good. Wonderful. So you have worked on so many interesting and meaningful projects in the education space over the years. Could you tell us more about the current work you are doing at FXUA and why it is important? Sure. So my department is actually a new department at FXUA. We are a nonprofit higher education institution. We are Mm -hmm. a small institution, unlike some of the bigger ones that you know of in the D.C. area, like George Mason University or Georgetown or GW. But we are basically running in a startup environment. And what my team is responsible for doing is completely overhauling our general education curriculum. That Mm -hmm. is the project that I'm working on right now. That is definitely my biggest undertaking, along with several other projects, but this is the one that I'm actually most excited about because what we are doing is we are redesigning and redeveloping our general education curriculum to be much more than, you know, when you you, you were, I'm sure, at least for me, when I was in college, our general education curriculum classes were basically your, your check the box type classes, right? You take mm-hmm. your math class, you take your science, your English, your history classes. But a lot of times there wasn't much kind of context or much, I don't know, knowledge that you would take on beyond graduation day, right? I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people kind of forgot what they learned in, in less than a week <laughs> after the <laughs> class, or at least maybe that was just me. But anyways, so what we are responsible for doing is we have applied a human development approach. We have developed our curriculum grounded in human development research, and we are basically using a a framework and approach that relies on competencies. So it's competency-based education. Mm -hmm. And at FXUA, we have five values we are trying to instill across the university. They are character, community, development, stewardship and peace peace meaning like internal peace we have worked with also practicing business leaders to get their feedback but we what we want to do here is focus on transformative learning and leadership in practice that is really the goal of our curriculum so that way when a student graduates they're not just ready for employment purposes but they're also ready for the next chapter of their life and we want to instill lifelong learning and make it so that way they can stand on their own two feet and have the knowledge, skills, abilities, tools in order to design a life of self-fulfillment and in order to promote the practice of social performance. So no matter what career someone may choose to decide to major in, right, being a business analyst or a software engineer or, or research analyst, whatever it may be, we want to make sure that they can have social impact in whatever career they decide to choose. So mm-hmm. this is where our transformative learning and leadership takes place and we provide them those knowledge, skills, and abilities that I was talking about based on our competencies. And we have 60 competencies that we have identified based on the five values that I mentioned earlier, as well as 55 concepts and skills. So I hope that makes sense, but that is the biggest project that we are undertaking right now. And actually to date, we have developed 75% of the new program. And we are very wonderful. Excited. 
Thank you. Thank you. And we're very excited that in the next couple of months, we will be done with the development of the entire program. It is 20 courses. So if you imagine three credit hours per course, that mm-hmm. is 60 credit hours or half of a undergraduate's student's degree or their career as part of their undergraduate program. So no pressure. <laughs> mm. I love how passionate you are about that. Like that really came across in your voice too. I can tell you're very excited about this and it's such meaningful work. It's, it's very important for learning to be a transformative experience. And I I like also that you mentioned this curriculum is not just going to prepare students for their future careers, but be just as fulfilling for part of their overall human development and to serve them uh, with good life skills in in general, including good character and inner peace. I think that's uh, wonderful. And I'm sure others listening will find that very inspirational. And it's so great to see you doing all this in a leadership role today. I'm always interested to know more about the backstory before that all happens. Can you please share with us the different steps you took to get the skills and experience needed for this role, like what you studied, past projects you worked on at other places and, and so on? Sure. So this is definitely an on the way there story. My story is very, very complex, I guess, but to give kind of a higher overview, basically. So instructional designers, which is my field, my background, I've been in this space for about, gosh, 11 years now. There are basically two types of instructional designers, those that are formally trained, so go to school to complete a program, or those Mm -hmm. that have become what we in the industry like to endearly term accidental instructional designers, right? So those (laughs) that that fell into the practice (laughs) by (laughs) the needs of their jobs or, or whatever it may be. I am fortunate to be someone who actually studied instructional design. So Mm. kind of stepping back a little bit, when I was uh, a little girl, people would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I always Mm. said that I wanted to be a teacher. And in the back of my mind, I always knew that I would end up in higher education. But growing Mm. up, I was pretty good with IT and technology and computers and all that sort of stuff. And through my family was kind of encouraged to go through the IT, information technology route for undergrad. So I completed my undergrad degree at George Mason University here in the DC metro area. Go Patriots. Yep, go Patriots, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I majored in IT and then I minored in business and Middle East studies. Mm -hmm. And then what I really wanted to do for my master's was tie in my love and my passion for education, which again, I've had ever since I was a little girl. So Mason, actually, I was very, very lucky to find a program that they had, a master's program, master in education, on instructional design and technology. So I got a master's degree in curriculum and instruction, like that was the overarching program area, and then I concentrated in instructional design technology. And this was what I like to describe my perfect marriage between education and technology right? Basically, you're using instructional design, learning style, technology practices in order to enhance the the learning experiences of your learners, whether they be adult learners, K through 12 learners, whoever it may be. And then, so I graduated from my master's in 2012. And for prior to that, so I started out my career, Oprah has this this saying where she's basically, it says, you do what you got to do until you do what you want to do. And Mm -hmm. this is true enough for my career, like life cycle up until this point as well. So originally I started out with being employed at Booz Allen Hamilton. 
And for those who don't know, it's a very big consulting firm in this area. They have offices all over the world, all that sort of good stuff. So I started there and I was doing a lot of federal and defense work. Then I went to another organization where I was supporting their corporate learning environments. But throughout all this time, throughout these years, something that has been very important to me in my career is finding my purpose, right? I, I don't want to just be about the bottom line or the dollar. It, it, my purpose has been very, very important to me, especially as a Muslim man, I want to make sure that I'm making any sort of small impact in my own small way that I can to make this world a better place, right? So in those days, yes, I was doing things that were good for the business sake, but not really good for anyone else, let's be honest. So then I moved into the nonprofit space, and there I was working with nonprofit victim service advocates across the country, and we were basically developing the capacity or the capabilities of their organizations in order to be able to provide services to victims on the ground. And these victims were victims of human trafficking, domestic violence, sexual assault, and all that sort of stuff. And this was all good and great, but unfortunately, I didn't have the impact that I really was looking for. I didn't have that direct impact with mm -hmm the victims or, or within the organizations, right? I was kind of the, the background type of person, which in general design is really, you are in the back end. So I knew that much, but I really wanted to have more of an impact. And as people know with, with sure. the past four years and kind of the, the traumatic events that we've been through here in America mm -hmm. with our political system and, and all sorts in between, this was at a point in my life where I really wanted to give back and really wanted to do something that was more meaningful. So then I ended up at an organization where I was focusing on international development. So I was working with USAID, again, to build a capacity of missions to be able to manage their projects or their programs effectively. And again, mm -hmm. this is all great work. But for me, my thing was, was I'm not actually in the missions, right? I'm not actually on the field, on the ground, getting a chance to interact with the people that benefit from mm -hmm. these types of services that USAID provides. Again, it was a wonderful experience, but I just wanted to do more. So eventually I ended up at FXUA and I, I have to say, Amina, like this, I feel like this position now, and this is actually my first true and true leadership position, which I'm so grateful for. I have managed projects or been a solo instructional designer for years throughout my career, but never given the opportunity and a chance to be at that leadership level. So now that I am at that leadership level and working directly with the university president, who is very much invested in this redesign and redevelopment of the, of the general education curriculum, and honestly, it's his vision, really, is, is what we're enacting. And I couldn't be more proud of it. But to be at a position where I'm at now has really been a dream come true. And I really feel like everything that is, every experience that I've had, every project that I've been on has really kind of all culminated mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. led me to this experience today. And I've been able to use different experiences from supporting all these different learning environments into this dream of mine and ending up in higher education. So this is really where I feel like I'm most passionate. I absolutely love my job and being given the chance to work directly with students, to work directly with faculty in mm -hmm. order to develop these, these courses and these curricula that will hopefully set up these students for the rest of their lives is really just, just a dream come true in Hamdullah. Well, I'm so, so happy to hear that, Hiba. I'm so thrilled for you. I think that's wonderful. I love how you talked about your desire to find your purpose and how, you know, all your past career experiences, they really equipped you with the skills that you needed to be able to fulfill that purpose by, 
working on what you're currently working on and in a leadership role. And it's just, it's really beautiful just to hear about your, your journey going from student and to working in private sector and then moving to nonprofit sector and then the different types of people you were able to help. And I commend you too, for, for following your, your heart really. And, you know, continuing to search, search for more. Sometimes we'll get comfortable with just even like, because it sounded like you were doing really, really meaningful work. And I, I think that's, that's wonderful. But what I appreciate you sharing with us is that you were able to identify within yourself. You're like, there's something else that I need to do. And you, you, you followed that and it really paid off for you. And that makes me so, so happy. Thank you so much. And you really pinned it on the head. I mean, it's, it's really been a long time coming. This road has definitely not been easy, but Mm -hmm. for me, I take my career very, very seriously and very passionately. And again, we don't know how much time we have on this earth, right? We we don't know how much, if we're able to move from one day to the next, it's all in God's hands. So Mm -hmm. my thing has always been while I'm here, while I have the ability I want to make as as much of a, a positive impact as I possibly can. And honestly, what really drove a lot of this was, I, I don't want to bring politics into this, but really was the Muslim ban and mm-hmm. that, that Trump enacted. And, and that's when, I mean, I, I resigned from my organization because my heart wasn't in it anymore. You know, I was going through the motions and I was, and yes, alhamdulillah, I've been afforded really, really wonderful experiences. And there's a lot of really great work that I'm proud of. But for me, I always, in the back of my mind, I was always like, I know I can do more. I know Mm -hmm. I can do more. And it was just a matter of finding out what that more was in my Mm -hmm. capacity and my skill set. And and again, instructional design is, I I love this field. I absolutely do. There's an opportunity to make such an impact in the the experience of your learners. And I know again, it is more so you're not necessarily the teacher in front of a classroom or the instructor in front of a lecture hall, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a real opportunity to, to design these experiences that have a profound impact on your on your students or on your learners and that's what I was trying to get at right and and I always knew in the back of my mind that that Mm -hmm. I could do more and that's what kind of kept me keep thinking keep searching keep looking for that next opportunity not that I mean I'll be honest I'm not a huge fan of change to be very honest with you Um, well it's scary for all of us (laughs) it's very scary it's been very scary at times but I just, I knew in the back of my mind, I had this constant itch where it, where it was like, Hiba, get yourself together. You know, you can do more, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what kept me pushing. So, so that's kind of my experience. It hasn't been a perfect experience. It's been a very long road. I've had very toxic work environments. And I've also had very beautiful work environments as well, where, where my colleagues have become like family. And, mm-hmm. and this experience here, as I, as I mentioned before, I feel like that has happened here as well. And I feel like, again, this has really brought everything that I've done to date into fruition and has really given me the opportunity to kind of be where I want to be at in all, in all sense of the term, if that makes sense. It, it definitely does. Definitely does. You know, I feel like I could Girl, I want to just talk to you all day long, but unfortunately, <laughs> we only have time left for one more question. Ah. So, so finally, if you were to talk to someone right now who is considering pursuing a career in instructional and curriculum design, what advice would you give them in terms of what to focus their time on? Oh, that is a good question. 
Okay, here's what I would suggest. I would say for those who are interested in pursuing a degree, like I did, definitely check out different universities. Between when I took my program and between today, Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. is definitely a lot more programs at many more universities than there were 10 plus years ago. I am going to put a shameless plug. The George Mason program that I attended, again, Go Patriots, it was (laughs) phenomenal. It It was really what I needed at the time. It's a very innovative program. The instructors Mm -hmm. are just amazing. And what I love about it is, yes, you have your theory courses and and you learn the the psychology behind how we learn and all that sort of stuff, but there's Mm -hmm. really a lot of practical application that occurs. Mm -hmm. And the instructors are very embedded within our community and within our field, and they bring that into the classroom. So for those that are interested in pursuing a degree, I would suggest a program like George Mason's if you're interested in, if you're interested Mm -hmm. in it, it is now not a master of education, but it is now a master of science. So it's an MS and learning and learning design technology, which I think Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And for those who are just interested in learning more about the field and kind of attending maybe information sessions and, and like webinars and things like that, there are two organizations that in my mind are kind of the forefront organizations in our community, Mm -hmm. the Association for Talent Development, or ATD for short, and the Learning Guild. So ATD, for those that may be listening in the DC area, we actually have a DC metro area chapter of ATD. And Mm -hmm. we have a community of practice in instructional design. Uh, I'm an active member and they host events probably once a month, once every two months, something like that, where you can learn different instructional design skills and and knowledge that you may need to know on how to do certain things. Definitely check it out. ATD in general, like the global ATD really, it's it's a global community. It has a lot of blog posts and resources and books and and online communities and 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 courses that you can take like like individual courses and all sorts of good resources same with the learning guild the learning guild has a fantastic community as well for instructional designers there are so many different resources out there and the last thing that i would suggest is look on facebook and linkedin and twitter there are groups and pages that i'm a part of for instructional designers and they're wonderful because people will go and ask questions and everyone else will respond with their feedback or their insight. So really, if you kind of just type in instructional design on those social media platforms, you will find a whole bunch of of groups and communities that are available. What I like to say is our instructional design community is both small and large at the same time. I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone is one or two degrees removed from someone else that they may have worked with in the past or something. It's a small but growing community. And everyone just has so much passion for it. And I'm hoping that by giving my story today, this will kind of inspire others to check it out. I really, I really, really love this field and and I can't say enough. I'm very passionate about it, obviously, as you can tell. <laughs> oh, I can definitely tell. I love that. I love that. I'm, I'm not even in this field, but I want to go check out ATD like right now. <laughs> I, I love the sense of community. Also, you talk about that exists in this space where, Absolutely. you know, people are sharing with each other and, and contributing to lifting each other up. I think that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, Hiba, I sincerely thank you for coming on the On The Way There podcast today and we're cheering on your work and I look forward to continuing to stay in touch and this was wonderful 
Me too. Thank you so much again for having me a part of your program. It really has been such a pleasure and such an honor. And I know we're dear friends as well, but really I'm so excited for this podcast. And the last thing that I want to end it with, if you don't mind, is a quote. It's basically my life motto. And it's by Nelson Mandela. And he says, education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. So that is something that I try to live by every day. And even if you're not in education, find that thing that you can make your own impact and 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 go for it and do it and yes you may you may fail or or you may have to kind of dust off your knees but get back up and try again we all can we all have the ability to make an impact in our own way this is mine and i hope you are inspired to find yours so thank you so much again for having me on your program and Oh, thank you, Hiba. I mean, yeah, I totally feel inspired. That was fantastic. <laughs> good, good, good. That was the goal. Yay, mission <laughs> Thank you all for listening. To stay up to date about everything happening with the On The Way There podcast, including upcoming guests, you can follow our social media pages. Our Instagram handle is IG, and we have a Facebook page, which you can find by searching for On The Way There podcast. And you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM and Spotify. And thank you all again for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time. And really thank you for allowing another person's story to become a part of your journey as we are all on the way there.